Hi folks, welcome back to The Wire uh, In this episode, I talked to Brad Smith, who's the founder of Brap Motorcycles. Brap, that, that is to be the best use of onomatopoeia in a brand name I've ever heard. Uh, Brad founded Brap at the age of 19 by travelling to China to find a manufacturer for his idea of a simple customisable design. He visited 50 factories, hunting for one that would bet on his vision. And as luck would have it, the 50th factory agreed, and with investments from two Frenchmen he'd met earlier in the week while travelling, the journey began. He's now competing with Yamaha and Honda as a reputable bike company in Australia, fulfilling his dream of providing affordable dirt bikes to get more people into racing and more riders on bikes in general. Here are a few things Brad and I talked about. Uh, routines and rituals. Having a Monday sales call has been crucial in measuring and driving growth at BRAP. Much like a stand-up, Brad runs his meetings in rapid fire, you know, reviewing metrics from previous days, goals for the days ahead, and what they will work on improving that day. And they're hiring a specialist to get structure into their meetings and to get more out of this and more outcome-focused. Um, the old BHAG and story versus hard metrics. Um, Brad is a big believer in BHAGs, and um, he urges everyone to ultimately, though, focus on the next 90 days and what they can do to improve their performance. Um, this is kind of a step away from his original path of following his dream and into building a business around, building a big business around his passion for motorbikes. It's into uh, the realm of... Uh, looking at being profitable and a business that's th- thriving. Uh, we talked a little bit about his parents and his um, childhood and upbringing um, and ultimately how he holds himself accountable. And we talk about his advisory team in Texas. Texas sorry. Um, much like a mastermind, he has a, uh, a man, Keith Cunningham, that runs their 10-member chairman's council for a whole week, uh, once a quarter. And it's brutal. It's numbers on the wall, forget the story, focus on the outcomes and results. And of course it wouldn't be right if we didn't talk digital, so Brad and I had a little chat around their social media sales and how leads are passed warm into their, into their CRM from the social sales team. Um, we wrap it up with a little bit of understanding about the power of both a good story and some opinion-beating data. I hope you enjoy it and I hope I get a chance to bring you more interviews like this in the future. So without further ado, here is Brad Smith, folks. Yeah, sounds good. Let's do yeah. it. Do you have any sort of morning routines for in the evening? Yeah, well, to tell the truth, we one of the this morning routine, this ritual thing, is something I'm really starting to develop, and I think it's important yeah. as you grow to build that kind of discipline and consistency. So actually hiring someone at the moment, and that's going to be pretty much their job, is routine. Yeah. Um, because as we've grown, we've been, you know, start and stuff, stop, stop. One routine we do have is our Monday meetings. So all team, after hours, everyone's on the phone, call in and chat for 30 minutes. Um, and it's really to make sure we communicate and share the vision of where we're going and make sure people understand where we're going and um, can ask any questions. And it's really just me talking for 30 minutes and, and then I'll get our sales manager to share a few comments. So that's our main ritual. Um, but we're really just trying to hot up our, our rituals at the moment. All our stores have a team meeting. Okay. I'm not involved in that. That's every morning. Um, we have a pipeline meeting with our dealer sales team, and then our accounts guy, our accounts team will talk to the operations manager and general manager every morning. So you know, there's a couple of rituals that go on there, um, but most importantly, we're trying to really, really refine that to make sure it becomes outcome-focused 
and hire a person to be focused on helping people get structure those meetings. Because yeah. 15 minutes a morning can make such a difference. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely if, you, if you're getting the whole team behind and aligned with what you're trying to do. Yeah, so yeah, true. Getting it sort of... Um, do you, you know, one of the speakers, other speakers was talking about his sort of, um, he has a BHAG. Do you guys have like a... Um, yeah, look, I've been the, I've, I've, I've been the BHAG guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've sold that story and believed in that my whole life. And However, I've really shifted in the last 12 months. And that's okay. to say, like, we used to spend half a day working on our BHAG, like our, our, our end game, our big vision. Yeah. Um, and if we have a team meeting now, I'll say, all right, we're spending 15 minutes. We know where we're going. I want to talk about the next 90 days. Yeah. That what that did was that shifted and brought it back to reality. Because I'm totally cool where we're going, and I believe in it, and our team do. But the next 90 days is is where we live, and yep. um, we only have this moment now. So that's really what we've been trying to increase is our our, our effectiveness at executing the plan. Right. Um, and so I guess if you take that focus back, is that because of the market's driving it? You can see that there's changes and shifts in what people are looking for? No, I think it's a shift in my leadership. Like I've gone from a guy who started a business at 18 because I loved motorcycling and that's the greatest thing when you start and it's the biggest restrictor when you're 10 years yeah. old. Yep. So I've had to break everything that I believed in to get the company to the next level and the accountability of next 90 days, easy deliverables, that means today you do what? Like when you pick that phone up, like who's the first person you call? And really just get everyone focused on project management and execution. So what's the highest opportunity, highest probability and most leverageable task that you can do at this moment? Yep. And yeah, that one thing. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a really easy thing to sit here and talk about. Mm. It's, it's a huge undertaking to actually execute it because when you have a huge vision, everyone can hide behind that vision. But when it's like, what's the number one thing you're going to do right now? Like when we finish this meeting, it's like we could spend all freaking day debating that. And, yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of where we're getting to, execution. Oh, excellent. It's great to have that sort of focus. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, what about personally? Do you, guys, do you think there's anything sort of you can attribute to being quite successful? You know, like, um, I definitely like you know the upbringing and the, and the rituals that, and the standards that Mum set and yeah. the culture that Mum set for our family, um, which was you know that we stand for who we are with you know high morals that kind of stuff. Do what you do because it's who you are. Yeah. Because you're looking for a pat on the back and that kind of thing. Um, and then making sure we had a really clear vision and wrote that vision down, yeah. um, and and helping us understand who we wanted to be. Do you write it down to to remind yourself to kind of share with others? Do you already rely on your own sort of self motivation? Uh, I've got a good family, so I'm lucky. So yep. I share with those guys. And if you don't have that, well then you probably have two or three friends that you can um, you can share that stuff with. So yep. I think it's important to choose a couple of people. I don't put it on Instagram. No, um, <laughs> sure. But um, I definitely make sure I'm held account socially accountable with whatever my focus is now. Like, you know, make sure that I get socially rewarded for it. So my friends at the moment, I used to, you know, have a group of people around me who love to hear your big vision and what your mission was, and I love that stuff. But right now, I don't need that. I need people who are so focused on project planning and execution. Yeah, and hold you accountable to that. So yeah, yeah, no, that's good. So you, so you sort of tied it in that niche to a smaller community of people that are sort of focused in your direction. Yeah, it's, it's social yeah. accountability is powerful. Yeah. Do you have um? Oh, this is a weird one. Do you, have a, do you have a mastermind group? Do you have any sort of peers that you go to and guys you... Yeah, Or girls that you call up, you know, yeah. when you... I've been lucky. I've got a part of a group on my advisory team. They're in Texas. All There's right. Ten, ten business owners from around the world. Two yep. Australians, myself, a few Europeans. And the rest in a similar industry or... Yeah, all different no. industries. 
um, and we get together and um, we have a leader who's Keith is the guy that we listen to Keith Cunningham he right. runs a great program and um, basically it's called Chairman's Council and those guys really become the mastermind because they're kicking butt they don't get involved in the story they don't know anything about motorcycling it doesn't matter right. they so they're industry agnostic they're just about the business and, yeah. I, and I guess they're blunt and honest yeah exactly there's, there's, no, there's no tapping on the butt that's for sure it's <laughs> all like and there's, uh, yeah, there's no hot air being pushed in that room it's yeah. all about now and I guess out of that you get the drive for the next 90 days sort exactly. of thing so you come back oh, and they watch out for the boss with his ideas and so true <laughs> yeah. Keith so famously tells you every time he goes Brad this sounds like an amazing story I wish I had a beer to sit back and listen to your story but would you just put your numbers on the wall yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that is yeah, excellent yeah so, yeah and that's powerful because it's so easy for us. As soon as you start to hear a story, yeah. you're lost. Because uh, uh, if an outcome-based organization, the story is a detail. It's the outcome we're trying to create, which is the number or the result. Or right. Um, yeah. yeah. That's interesting, man. That's good. There's some good nuggets in there. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, just trying to think where it's in the other sort of things today. Um, we talked about social media. What are you, what are you guys doing with it? Oh, we're changing a lot. Um, we generate most of our leads through social media. Okay. Um, so it's important to plug straight into our CRM. Um, so the, got a, the guys who, pit, who fetch leads, so basically send leads to the sales guys, they're measured on how many leads they generate, what's their cost per lead. Okay. Um, and then my sales guys, they're measured on how many calls they make to the lead, what's their conversion rate, and make sure that the CRM is tight. So right. I think that's important to our organisation because... Again, it takes sales meetings have gone from story to yeah. the number on the wall. That tells me all the metrics. And a good example is I had one guy about a year ago, and uh, he was my one number one guy was by like setting records. And this other guy who was just, you know, mediocre, like, okay, and he had a really bad month. At the end of the month, I said, like, what happened? He said, oh, you know, it was, it was hot, it was summer, tracks weren't watered, um, it's just after Christmas, it was February, so people waiting to go back to school and don't want to spend money, and um, I'm like, look, and petrol prices have done something, and I'm like, I totally get that. Everything you told me is 100% true, but let's just chuck your numbers on the wall. Uh, you, you had X amount of leads sent to you. Now, no, my number one guy made 1,200 phone calls for the month. You made, like, it was something like 180 or something. Right. right. So, well off. Okay, so that's interesting. Um, number two, my number one guy had this conversion rate. You had this conversion rate. So, your effectiveness on the phone wasn't as good. Um, and then we go down the list. We have eight things we measure. And all of a sudden, it's like... And uh, the number one guy didn't pick. It was hot and it was February for him as well. And it took the story out of these meetings and took it back to stats. So now when I have a sales meeting, I don't have to spend two hours hearing all the bullshit. It's like, let's chuck the numbers on the wall. Let's work out where they're at. And then we can talk about stories and how we're going to influence those numbers. Yeah. And then I guess from there, do you, do you work to mentor? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, I love doing that. Again, that's a big challenge I have because I started a business around me and I've really tried to make it not about me. Yeah, so now so you're sort of trying to take a step out of yeah. in the business to on the business yeah. kind of it's, it's, it's tough because I started as a significance-driven 18-year-old who loved motorcycle and I loved the idea of having a business around his passion you know, to a immediate, like to a moderate extent. That's, that's true. Like I raced motorcycles and that was what I loved, but that's not going to get us to where we want to go. It's, it needs to be system and it needs to be statistic and plan and execute and 
you know, just stuff that is is real business like, yeah. real business like, and, and yeah, numbers. Grow up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, and again, you get to go and play, and I think having that bit of business is going to allow you to sit back and do. Yeah, it's true, but, you know, I always say to people, and even it's important for your industry to know it as well, like, I get looked at as the guy who, you know, turned his passion into his pathway, and I'm the biggest skeptic of that. I think that's the biggest crock of shit anyone could ever <laughs> tell you is to go turn your passion into your pathway, because selling motorcycles is not riding motorcycles. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm passionate about what I do. If I come and sold real estate, I'd be just as passionate. I'd wake up every day, I'd want to be better than I was yesterday, and I'd want to make sure people had a great experience when they did business with us. And that's what makes it passionate. Yeah. And, I, and I think that people should get really good at what they do and then go pay to do what they love. And that's been a real challenge for me because those lines can get great. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, for example, I'm going to France to launch for France in a few weeks. And that could be a really fun experience. It will be. But, you know, I'm going to race. I'm going on a PR launch. Unbelievably fun. But it is work. Like, I yeah. like to go riding my bike through the bush. Tasmania yeah. with my few mates. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you'd be the one that... You go to Thailand and then head to the hills rather than to the beach. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that passion comes from progress and how you do it, not what you do. Um, so I could be selling dishwashers because our business end of our business is moving boxes, really. Um, and uh, I really try and, I mean, I normally spend an hour trying to explain that to people when they join our business because we have a lot of people join us because it looks great fun because it's motorcycling. Right. When I need it to be great fun because it's growth. Um, right. Yeah, that's good. Difference. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting. That's it's a, so that seems to be a bit of a thing for you guys. Is that just all about process and making well, sure that you know some cut back from the yeah, the story? Yeah. Mind, I think the story to a lot is would, would draw your customers to the brand. Oh, it's one hundred percent required for marketing. One hundred percent and feeling like yeah. you know it's a culture thing. You need there needs to be a story element and a vision and all that. Yeah. And I'm totally down for that. And I, that's what drove our whole business to here. But I just think that it's important. It'll it only take you so far. Exactly. And you've got to remember the people who educate us as well. It's so much easier to sell a story on a vision. Like if you're filling seminars, if you're selling books, if you're selling CDs, the educators are incentivized to sell us vision because you're going to invest untangible amounts of money because there's no measurement. Right. Where it's not near as sexy to say, I'll teach you how to project plan. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yes, but she's not sexy, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah that's right. It's nowhere near as sexy to say, let's talk about execution. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about measurement. And, and I've been that guy as well. I've, I've been put in a position, and I, I didn't choose it, it just happened, where I get to speak to people. And, um, I normally speak with people who are educators and self-help guys. And um, yeah, yeah. I, I like it, but I'm a skeptic. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I find that as well. You know, we're in the digital age, you know, so everything I should be able to get ROI out my ears and measure everything. But, um, but I find it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of getting that mixture right, you know, making sure that the marketing side's got a good story to it, people will resonate with. But um, one thing I was starting to focus back on is that data beats opinion. Yeah. yeah. So you can come in and if I can show the numbers that X campaign is working and it's resonating with customers as a marketer, then you know, I feel better. Yeah, and it better. And story changes. Yeah. I've had sales meetings or marketing meetings yeah. where we're so stuck or something. We get here the next day and the guys have all changed their mind. I'm like, what? <laughs> like for ideas, that's cool. And content, that's cool. And relation, that's cool. Yeah. But for guiding your business, it's, it's a disaster. Right, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you get the measurements right. And measuring the right things too. Yeah. Like you said, you've, you've pulled it to, you know, how many sales calls, how many, how, yeah. you know, based off the leads they're getting. That's yeah. good. That's cool.
Oh, awesome. Alright, man, yeah, I think I've got a few little nuggets here I can pull together in the